since I have nothing better to do, I decided to record a creepypasta called Full-Sized Candy Bars by Sumgig. There's a point in your life when the things that have happened to you just become stories. I don't mean that they are less important or that they didn't happen, but they just turn into a thing that happened once. No matter how much it affected you, it's just a story, even if you're the only one that survived. Five years ago, when we were 15, my best friend and I, my best friend Andy and I, decided to go trick-or-treating one more time. I know we probably, we were probably too old and the adults in the neighborhood would roll their eyes and when we showed up, but we figured they would give us candy because kids our age are, were more likely to mess with their house if they didn't get free chocolate. Andy and I weren't like that at all, but it didn't make us any less likely to embrace the idea. Free candy is free candy. Being of that age, when lazy becomes an art form of in itself, Andy and I were just going to go out only to find that we were getting crappy stuff like butterscotch candies or the sort of stuff you'd see in grandma's candy dish. Leaving that for what our parents did, this is the digital age. If you know what to look out for and even basic social media skills, you can actually get your route mapped out for you in advance. Even four years ago, kids were all over Twitter posting pics and putting up hashtags where they, <laughs> the really good candy was. It's probably more Instagram now. We looked for hashtag full size. While it sounded like a good idea at the time, it also led more than a few pictures of dudes naked below the waist. It wasn't a foolproof way to find candy, but it worked at least a little bit. We were able to find a neighborhood not too far from Andy's house that had four different stops with full-sized candy bars. We each had three different masks, you know, the cheap, thin plastic kind that gets held onto your head by the an even cheaper, thinner piece of elastic or rubber band. There were only a buck a piece at the local dollar store, and we got more than that back in chocolate just for a few houses. Sure, by the third time, the parent got a clue, but what difference did it make? By the time we actually went out, only about an hour had passed until most of the houses were turning their lights off or blowing out the candles in their pumpkins. We went out a bit later than other kids because we're older, and of course that meant we couldn't be out at the same time as the little kids. Andy was scrolling through Twitter, trying to find if there were any other houses close by that we could hit up, but wasn't having much luck. I was looking through what had turned out to be pretty epic haul when he nudged me and his elbow held his phone for to me for a second. For me to see. Hey, there's one more, he said, his, his voice muffled behind his white skeleton mask. I looked at the screen and saw a picture of three full-size Snicker bars on a picture with a hashtag full-size. And he scrolled his thumb across the screen and showed the address. It was about two miles away, which, where we lived, it meant that it was out in the middle of nowhere near the edge of the woods. Dude, 
I said. That's way out there. We do we won't get there before they go to bed. Andy shook his head. Nah, check it out. He kept scrolling his thumb to all the people who had arrived with the picture. No one was going out there. Everyone's saying it was too far away and too creepy or whatever. If they went through the trouble of getting full-sized candy bars and barely anyone showed up, they are for sure going to wait up. I bet it's some lonely gazers who want people to remember they're alive. I hesitated. I really didn't want to go that far out. It was cold out, and I watched as the thick clouds of breath came out from behind Andy's masks. Two miles? I asked. Andy proceeded to goad me with some of some of the more off-color insults I've ever heard. None of which meant anything to me until he pointed out that if no one was going there, then they should would probably just give a bunch of candy without needing to do the mask routine. Finally, I agreed. If nothing else, it would make of a, for a good story. We would make it sound even better, maybe even live tweet it and see if people could make it go viral. We talked about doing that entire walk there, how we could make it seem like we were in the middle of a scary movie. Going up to the house, hashtag creepy, there's some weird music playing, in the, playing inside, <laughs> hashtag what the fuck. What the fuck? Just that sort of thing people pay attention. Even if they were asleep, we could take some pictures or something and make it seem like a big deal. What else were we going to do? Except that we forgot the most of that by the time we got there, the house was even further back in the woods than I thought. The start of the driveway seemed about half a mile off the road to the house and there was a slight bend to it. So you really couldn't see the house beyond the light that was in the other windows. We didn't stop at the road or anything that dramatic. We had been walking that far and I think it was as much as had excited ourselves at the idea of Twitter thing. We were also tired and just wanted to get candy and go home watch scary movies. As long as the driveway was, it felt like a fast walk. I didn't make it. I didn't take my eyes off the door from the moment we could see it. There was just one light on the inside of the house. I think it was a garage light, and it shone out the side of the window, so you couldn't actually see inside anything. There was a carved pumpkin with a flickering flame on the stoop, (laughs) but it was really poorly done, like a little kid or some old person with Palsley try to make it and there was a lock on the door. I don't mean a deadlock, but one of those little five button things that you see attached to doors of houses that are for sale. See old people. They keep that on there in case they lock themselves out or something. Andy said in the tone that didn't sound all that sure. But it sounded good enough for, to me and my arm reached out to press the doorbell. The sound of the ding-dong barely stopped when the door cracked open. Andy and I stood there, not a single word between us as we stared at what could only assume was a man in the doorway. He was about average height, a little overweight, but he was wearing this weird mask. It had squinting eyes and really fat cheeks, and a puckered mouth like it was trying to hold its breath. Behind the man was a single exposed red light bulb in the black that backlit him. 
He stood there and wheezing each breath behind the mask as it slowly turned back and forth, looking at each of us. I'm not sure which of us spoke first, but eventually we remembered to say trick or treat. The man stood there for at least another minute, looking back and forth between Andy's school mask and my fox mask before turning around and walking deeper into the house. Andy and I looked at each other, even though I couldn't see his eyes, I imagined they had the same confused slash terrified look as me. When we looked back, I could see the man pick up a box of candy bars as he slowly turned back to the door, his arm hit a railing, and he grunted as the box flew out of his hands, the candy bar spilling out onto the ground. A few actually slid to within a foot of the door. The man grunted and cursed as he bent over to pick them up. Andy and I didn't move from where we were on the front step until a man turned around. He was on his hands and knees picking the candy bars and Andy nudged me, pointing at the candy that was just inside the door. I think I shook my head, but I can't remember. A moment of panic overtaking me, I just wanted to leave, so I reached inside the door to grab the candy. The man's back was still turned, and I knew I could just grab the bar and we can take off. Running, splitting up, if we needed to. Why would he chase us? I had no idea. But we were pretty worked up by that point. It all happened in a matter of seconds. As my hand touched the smooth, cool wrapper of the candy bar, I felt a vice grip clamp down on my wrist so hard I thought it would break. The man had spun in place and grabbed me. He had been way closer than I realized. Something about the light in the mask messed with how I had seen him. In one smooth motion, he tugged my arm and went flying onto the door. But as soon as he pulled me past him, his, my body f falling into the ground like a lump. He lunged at Andy's. Something flashed in his hands. Andy turned to run and suddenly crumbled to the ground. The man stood over him, still breathing insanely loudly. His breathing, his breath a cloud in front of his face. I was trying to get up as he turned and I saw what was in his hand, a taser. That was the last thing I remember before waking up again inside the house. My body ached and my head was killing me. My face was cold too and I realized I wasn't wearing my mask. I looked around me desperately for Anding, but I was all alone. The front door of the house was closed. The pumpkin was gone off the front step. The lights were off. I scrambled to grab my phone, but that was gone too. I was just about to start running when the panic shifted in me and I realized Andy might be in the house still. Yeah, he could have run away, but what if he didn't? As quietly as I could, I went around the house trying to look in the darkened windows, but I couldn't see anything. I was too scared to knock on the door. I mean, it wasn't a prank. That son of a bitch had used a teaser on Andy. When I almost done complete lap, I thought I saw something moving in the dark. I cut my eyes into the window and passed out as the fat round mask burst toward the window, thumping the forehead against the glass. I let out a scream and it just stayed there, staring at me, and it looked down at the side next to him and i watched as something white lifted into the view it was the skeleton mask andy's skeleton mask and there was something sputter on it something red i ran i ran until my legs gave out and i tumbled against the first house i found that had all lights on i was gasping and crying and begging them to call the police by the time the police got to the house there was nothing there no man no andy all they found was the splinter door frame from where the back door had been kicked in I hadn't even noticed that in the dark. Even if I had, maybe I could have done something instead of running away like a coward. I later learned that the lock of, was on, on the door because 
the house had been foreclosed on a week prior. The Twitter account that Andy and I found was a week old as well. If he had bothered to look, we could have seen the account followed over 1,000 people and had over had all of 15 followers. All of the tweets were tweets from other legit accounts, except for the picture of the candy bars. It was registered in the name of a kid that went nearby high middle school, but that was just a lie to throw people off. Told someone in. And they have worked. I cried a lot. I cried as I told the stranger's house. I ran what happened, begging them to call the cops. I cried when I told the cops and parents what happened. I cried as I tried to understand why any of it happened. Why he let me go. Why he only took Andy. It's been five years since Andy disappeared. And there's been nothing. No response. Every year, I sit on Twitter and look up the hashtag full size, checking everything out, making sure it isn't a lie or a lure. I've called the police more than a few times thinking about thinking I found the guy, but mostly, mostly I'm just looking for my friend so I can stop telling the story and start living my life again. The life that I lost the day Andy disappeared. All for a full-sized candy bar. Oh... That got my, I got goosebumps. I hope you like this creepy pasta. And as I said, tell me which stories you want to hear. Yeah.